Welcome to Reflect the Life You Want, where we talk about not only how to survive, but to thrive. I'm your host, Tim Howard, man school strategist, former Army officer, successful Homes for Heroes real estate agent. This show will focus on living a life of greatness, of wholeness, and completeness. This show will be talking about our dreams, our goals, and how to go about creating them. So join me to learn how to reflect and design the life you want to live. Well, this is Tim Howard, host of Reflect the Life You Want. I'm excited today as I have as a guest, Wayne Hippo, the managing partner of PS Solutions. So welcome to the show, Wayne. Tim, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I appreciate you taking the time to come in here um, and share a little bit about what you got going on in business and share some of your personal wisdom you've gained as a, <laughs> a leader in many different ways of life. You and I are, our first mutual connection was through Lisa Leith of Leith HR. You guys are business partners in WorkTalk. Absolutely. Lisa, we're also uh, both grads of Penn State. So That's right. When uh, I got to Wilmington in 2017, uh, a mutual friend with Lisa and I introduced us. And he said, oh, you're going to love her. She's from Penn State, and she's brilliant. <laughs> and she is uh, both of those. So um, it's, it's been a great uh Great relationship with with Lisa and uh, building work talk over the years. Yeah. Well, I had heard about Lisa from a number of people. Was very intentional about connecting with her. Had her as a guest to this podcast also. Now she has her own yeah. podcast called uh, <laughs> HR Nightmares. So, yeah. so you guys have this work top application that's used more in the HR space. Yeah, it was Lisa's vision, and as as we got to know each other initially through the HR background, my past life uh, in employment law, you know, we had a lot in common with yeah. employment law. So I started chatting and then she shared some vision and uh, we were able to um, take that vision and bring it to life, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of the cool things we do. But we, we've turned the vision into reality with, with work talk. Excellent. Well, to give uh, a little bit of history, uh, your personal history, your professional history, give our listeners a little context. Who is Wayne? Why don't you <laughs> share... Uh, the story of your life a little bit and what brings you to where you are right here today. Sure. I'm originally from Altoona, Pennsylvania. I'm actually sixth generation, all in Altoona. Yeah. And uh, actually, everybody before me worked for the Pennsylvania Railroad. Wow. I'm the first not only to go to college, but I'm the first not to work for the railroad. Altoona's a railroading town. Uh, wound up going to Penn State, we are, and uh, have a degree in finance from Penn State. And went to law school uh, at uh, the National Law Center at George Washington and finished there and started my my business career. Actually, I've pretty much always been involved in startup development in terms of working with startups at some level or uh, or another. Um, occasional forays into some other things, but you know, businesses and particularly startups uh, mm-hmm. have been part of what, what I've done. And then in uh, 2009, uh, a Lifelong uh, friend, uh, Joe Morelli, uh, uh, I tell everyone we met at junior bowling <laughs> <laughs> when we were nine years, yeah. both nine years old. But uh, Joe has been in the uh, software development space throughout his professional career. Mm-hmm. And uh, my background was coming through uh, advising businesses and advising some staffing companies and uh, working with startups uh, over time. And uh, we talked back and forth and had a chance to, to take our shared passions and sort of build our own business around those passions. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2009, and here we are today. 
We've talked a little bit about what are those passions, you know, what what forms the reason why you and Joe have PS Solution, what drives that? I wonder if you'd touch upon that. Sure. At a fundamental level, we both uh, enjoy solving problems and helping people get over their hurdles. And as I mentioned earlier with, with, with Lisa and as we've done with so many others, it's it's very satisfying to to talk to somebody who has a dream, who has a vision, mm-hmm. and to help them bring it to life. Mm-hmm. And that is w- a wonderful accomplishment on the startup side. You know, the, the money's not always there, but it's not that part of it is never about money. It's about creating something, solving a problem, and helping people uh, live that dream. So that's the basic core for what we do. But mm-hmm. we also have very strong beliefs that because technology is so important to everything we do in our lives anymore, mm-hmm. that it's something that needs to be done in the United States. That, in fact, it's irresponsible, in my opinion, to send technology development off-seas in any way. Mm-hmm. Um you know, people are tired of me saying all the time, but here we are in North Carolina where we've lost the textile industry, we lost the furniture industry, something that's gone offshore. Mm-hmm. And that had a tragic impact uh, throughout the communities uh, that relied on those industries down here. Mm-hmm. But for that same tragedy to happen in the field of technology is magnified a thousandfold. Mm-hmm. Because now you're talking about your security, your way of life, control of your life. Mm -hmm. Love it or or not, technology is running the show. Mm -hmm. Why in the world would we want to have the ability to create or modify that technology Mm -hmm. somewhere offshore? We, Mm -hmm. We need to be focusing on developing that talent here and those resources here and our our education focus mm-hmm. on developing you know, those folks here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a recent conversation, you and I talking a lot about people, and you've you've had the benefit of, you know, being involved as a businessman. You were the mayor of Altoona, PA for <laughs> yeah. a while, uh, being an attorney, being an instructor at Penn State University. So you've got kind of a broad background that form, informs who you are and how you show up and how you do business and what your core values are which I think is so important. Um, and like you said about trying to protect this industry, develop the talent and uh, attract the kind of people. I wonder if you could just talk a little bit about what it's like to bring, you know, to find those kind of really highly skilled people because you and I have talked about, you know, maybe taking some risks sometimes with finding people and investing in people and helping them to have success. Yeah, it, it's something, again, that Joe, my, my business partner, and I, our paths have crossed on this issue. I mean, mm-hmm. Joe got his training through high school and was had a chance for a bank to take a chance on him when he mm-hmm. was an 18-year-old kid coming out, actually while he was still in school. Mm-hmm. And that was a big learning experience that he was able to take that training and his his passion for what he did and and prove himself mm-hmm. much like you know, when I finished law school uh, I, I went to a national law school and my friends were taking big jobs across the country and big firms mm-hmm. but they were winding up sitting in libraries and doing research for seven years and 
I had a chance to come back uh, to central Pennsylvania, and, and the firm I went to gave me a chance to prove myself mm-hmm. early on. I got my license in November, and I had my first trial the following February. Wow. For, first year, yeah. And that's a rarity, but, but it ingrained in both of us, give people a chance to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the things we have been focusing on as we try and fight for the talent we need to do what we do in the technology space, mm-hmm. the software development space. Yeah. You and I first met in person at the Veteran Business Collect. No, excuse me. It was a Bunker Labs event, mm-hmm. which is all about helping startups and entrepreneurial people coming out of the military profession or their military spouses. And we were talking a little bit about how there's some really uniquely gifted and talented people that you've been able to attract from the former military profession. It's a matter of recognizing a mindset because one one of the things we do at PS Solutions is certainly we need software development talent. And you, know, you can make all the jokes you want about software engineers and developers being shy and quiet and you know, don't talk to girls and they put their head down and, and, and do that. And, and there's no question maybe there's some reality in a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But to work for us, you have to have those intellectual skills uh, – the problem-solving mentality, but you also have to be able to talk to people and with a focus on learning what the problem is and how can I help this person. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we have learned over the years is we need to hire for the personality. We need to hire the right person, and we can train the talent. As mm-hmm. long as there's a, you know, some passion there to do this, uh, I'm very proud of how we've created systems to bring people along, to give people chances We've hired people who are self-taught, who have had no training. We've hired people out of boot camps. We've hired people with two-year degrees. We've never been a big believer, oh, you got to have a four-year degree. Mm -hmm. And an amazing mix from what you're telling about has been working with the Marines out of Camp Lejeune through a, a, a retraining program, I guess, is a proper way to classify it, where... As, as as they've decided to leave the Marine Corps and head back into the real world, mm-hmm. uh, trying to find that path, um, they have an opportunity to do some software development training uh, in, a, in essentially a boot camp. Mm-hmm. And what we found is uh, the personality of those folks who are doing that fit with us very well down here. And mm-hmm. they tend to be very problem-solving oriented um, the, be able to react. Um, I always say hit the curveball mm-hmm. when, when something changes. And uh, one of them kept reminding me, you know, there's a phrase, you know, no battle plan has ever survived the first encounter with that's, the enemy. That's right. And as, as you're heading down that path in software development, uh, there you're going to run into changes and problems. And, oh, boy, how are we going to fix that? Mm-hmm. We found that that mentality uh, is one that, that the Marine Corps, were, you know, tends to produce or or expand on and uh, giving those folks a chance to prove themselves with Mm -hmm. appropriate patience and training has Mm -hmm. paid off. Yeah. I think that, is it the skill bridge program that they're going through? It's a program called MSSA, Microsoft Software Academy, a Mm -hmm. 19-week course that they start in. Probably shouldn't be revealing that secret uh, because <laughs> I, don't, I don't want the competitors to yeah. grab it. But no, it's it's been an amazing resource, yeah. and we've always found resources similar to that mm-hmm. everywhere we go. Whether it's 
Um, in, in Altoona, we have a great relationship with a business school uh, where those folks are getting two-year degrees, but they, they know their stuff, and it's finding the right person, mm-hmm. being patient with them. And you know what we find is if you hire five people, you know, two of them are going to be able to hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe one or two are going to need six months, and one one's going to take a little time. And the question is, are you willing to invest that time in that person? Mm-hmm. And, and our belief is, if you hire that right personality, if you hire the right fit, and have the patience to train them, you know, that's sort of our competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we were talking. We met recently around the the book Good to Great by Jim Collins. Like, mm-hmm. who who are we going to get on the bus? We'll figure mm-hmm. out what seat to put them in once we discover what their unique talents and gifts are. But if they're a good cultural fit for us, we want them on the bus. Yeah, and and we have we have to do that. Um, somebody pointed out to me recently down here. Uh, I was having a debate with one of the larger employers who tends not to follow that mentality. They do an awful lot of technical testing or. You know, you have to get certain grades on on uh, some uh, evaluative scores for software development before they'll even talk to you. Mm-hmm. And they pointed out to me that, you know, our culture has to be different because we're small, we're nimble, we have to be able to move from one to the other. I can't afford to bring in the bad apple. Mm-hmm. So we're very careful more about personality with a little bit of passion and talent and we'll develop the talent. It's much easier for us to develop the talent than it is to try and correct, you know, the the bad fit that that could harm us because we, you know, we have forty developers working for us, which we're proud of. Yeah. But we're we're still on the you know, the smaller side. Mm-hmm. And you guys have created lots of different types of applications for all kinds of different businesses. We we talked about WorkTalk, which is an HR specific application, but you guys have done lots of different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we work from you know startups, uh, and I'll talk about another one of those uh, soon because it's it's public. I mean, a lot of what we do, you know, there are a lot of NDAs out there, so we're always careful about right. uh, naming names and stating specifics. Some, some you know, we're, we're we've been told absolutely go ahead and talk about it, um, but we also work with billion dollar companies uh, who are national or perhaps even international in nature, and in, in helping them with their software issues. Uh, we have uh, we're extremely proud of uh, to have worked with uh, started out the local government level in building a, a suicide prevention app mm-hmm. uh, based on um, a, a standard of practice called the Columbia Protocol mm-hmm. and uh, utilizing that to make it available for free uh, to folks who are concerned about uh, a friend a family member who they're wondering. Uh, uh, is there a risk here that they're going to harm themselves? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an opportunity to download a free app, you know, run this Columbia protocol, simple yes/no questions, and give advice. Hey, you got a problem? Call this number, and, that, and gives the National Suicide Prevention Hotline number, gives gives some guidance. Um, and while we certainly don't take credit for any any of the psychological background, you know, mm-hmm. but we have been able to help them bring to life this idea that let's make this more accessible to many people. Mm-hmm. And we've actually been working on it uh, on a much larger level, hoping to get it uh, uh, into the hands of a lot more veterans, given mm-hmm. given all the tragedy we're we're experiencing with right. 
it's the number 22 a day still, mm -hmm. uh, suicides uh, for ex-military. Mm -hmm. So the chance to, to do something highly rewarding like that is a great motivator for all of us from right. from the person that answers the phone to the person that writes the code to mm -hmm. and, and even people like me that don't write code. <laughs> but it's exciting. Yeah. Have real impact, save lives. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess back to your, your original passions of helping other people and solving problems. So right. that's a perfect example of one of those things. Yeah, the um this this community here, Wilmington, seems to be one of the leading communities that has created this culture for startup and investors, and and you're involved a fair amount in that community and helping young entrepreneurs figure out how to gain some traction and get, get some start. I'm wondering, what is it about Wilmington, North Carolina, that is unique, that it, it attracts these people? Wow. Uh I'd love to be able to say I, I had that answer, mm -hmm. um, but it has been an amazing ride. We, we've been in Wilmington since 2017, so we've been here five years. Mm -hmm. And even in that five-year time, it's been remarkable uh, what uh, what we've seen happen um, in, in Sino. Uh, uh, when we were here, they were they were on the cusp. They were growing, and they've, certainly they've exploded. Uh, Live Oak Bank uh, certainly is. Uh, cutting edge on doing what, what they do and the various spinoffs there. That's on, on the upper end. You've got different organizations from the CIE to the old Tech Mountain days. Uh, um, NEW, I think, is a, a nice opportunity for people who are uh, involved. Um, yeah, That's in, a network of entrepreneurs in, in Wilmington. Wilmington yeah, yeah, Jim Roberts Group. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, you know, that that's sort of a, a nice, you know, initial starting point for people to start learning and fi finding help and and start finding that path through. Um, I, I think Jim has also done a, a decent job of like building that bridge to Raleigh mm -hmm. um, with the Research Triangle being two hours away. Uh, it's a way to get some talent and some resources mm -hmm. down here and mm -hmm. certainly Wilmington's a lot yeah. nicer beach yeah. than Raleigh is. <laughs> Jim's been a guest of this show, and we've talked about the entrepreneurial venture startup. One of the more recent guests, her episode came out this morning. She had the advantage of or taken the advantage of things like the Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation at UNCW and the Small Business Technology Development Center at Wilming, University of North Carolina, Wilming. So there seems to have been some intentionality with the state school system to help foster that mm -hmm. here in Wilmington. And then there's a number of very successful business startups like you talked about, Live Oak Bank and Encino, and I think they've got another key spinoff. Um, Aperture. Yeah, Aperture. And then, uh, I, I think you're right. I mean, what the answer probably is is that there's a lot of tools in the toolbox here. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any one thing that, mm -hmm. that makes the difference. It's been a, it's sort of been a community-wide commitment mm -hmm. that this is where we want to go, this is you know, where we want to be, and providing a number of options of different um, flavors of opportunities, if you will, um, I think is probably the answer to your original mm -hmm. question of why and, here. And it's a great place to live. Yeah. So we're near the beach. Yeah. You know. that, that's been interesting to us. I, we love it here. My, my wife, Linda, and I, 
just love the community. But but in honesty, as we're trying to recruit people to come here, the beach is a cool thing to say, but I I don't know that that's ever been the deciding factor. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's a nice little add-on, mm-hmm. but a lot of other things have to be in place too. But it's a nice you know way to distinguish yourself from Raleigh, certainly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, ahead of the show, I asked you to take a look at the um, the the name of this podcast is "Reflect the Life You Want," which is the theme of the Mirror Book, which is co-authored by uh, Maria Spears and I, will be coming out later this year. And you looked at that, and you said uh, the the chapter that resonated possibly the most with you was to recognize the power to change. So mm-hmm. you made a big change in moving here. You're in, involved in this business, and you're dealing with a lot of people that are involved in change, mm-hmm. especially if they're making changes in their life to join a firm or transition from the Marine Corps or start up a new business. I wonder what it is about your own personal experience or business experience, why that's so powerful for you. So I think I'm a little bit of a, a, an off-breed on this in that I tend not to be afraid of change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm brilliant about it and I embrace it, but if if change is part of your life all the time, it becomes the norm. Mm-hmm. So not being willing to change is uh, uh, you know, something that, that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and throughout my career, uh, the, one, the one beauty of, of having a law degree is it does give you the freedom to move around quite a bit mm-hmm. in terms of, well, I want to draw my focus here. Now I'm okay to draw my focus here. I think I've had a little bit of that throughout my career where my career changed and just becoming used to that over time, mm-hmm. change is kind of the norm for me. And mm-hmm. so um, maybe that's what makes me, me comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it happens, I, I think most people have to, to, to realize Everybody's going through some version of this in their life. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it hits the fan for everybody in some <laughs> form or another. Yeah. And and what I've always tried to stress to my daughters is, you know, you certainly can't control what always happens to you, but try and remind yourself that you can control how you respond to it. Yes. And so when that change is forced upon you, it's how you respond, whether you. Uh, Focus on the negative, mm-hmm. which certainly doesn't tend to end very well, mm-hmm. or maybe start realizing that, hey, maybe this is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. What can I do to respond to this in a positive manner and fi- find a way to turn this weakness into a strength, to turn mm-hmm. this negative into a positive? Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of being able to control how you react to change and recognize that it really is an opportunity, mm-hmm. I think is really crucial to success. Yeah. I shared a quote with you earlier before that we started recording, you know, working through some technical things was this quote, I think it goes back to Napoleon Hill years ago, is that within every adversity is a seed of an equal or greater benefit. It's like this mindset that, okay, this has happened. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with this opportunity and how could it be better than what it is right now? Right. And that's really a mental choice that uh, in the, the coaching I do at the man school, spent a lot of time working on mindset and uh, developing a mindset 
to be successful, you have to have the ability to change mm -hmm. and the agility and the flexibility and the openness to uh, make those pivots when they're necessary. Yeah, and occasionally I get frustrated with myself when you know, something negative happens mm -hmm. and I find myself focusing on the negative. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, I get frustrated because I, I should be smart enough. And eventually I come around and I come around quicker every time. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a matter of making certain, yeah, you have to give yourself a little bit of time to realize, okay, this is bad. I'm okay to feel bad a little bit, but very quickly pulling out of that to say, all right, how's this an opportunity and, and how am I going to turn this uh, into a benefit? Mm -hmm. And you'd be shocked. Uh, uh, you probably wouldn't be, but it's shocking how often it really is a huge opportunity mm -hmm. uh, when, in fact, it first appears to be a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that self-awareness and the capacity that you had to do that, The, uh, I think over time as you grow in capacity and you grow in that skill and you grow in that awareness is that, that time frame that you are able to recalibrate when something challenging occurs and refocus it into a positive if there is, yeah. if there is. Um, that time frame gets shorter and shorter. And, you know, we all deal with grief. We all deal with challenges. Uh, the underlying theme of the recognize the power to change chapter is hope. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's this idea, okay, this has happened. It may not be good, but it'll be used for good in some way. And I have hope that things are going to be better in spite mm -hmm. of what I'm dealing with right here and now. Correct. Yeah. The other chapter that seemed to resonate with you some was this idea to feel now happiness that you imagine when. So it's kind of like, you know, using your imagination and bringing the power of your emotions into the here and now to help motivate you to go after whatever it is you're pursuing. So I wondered why that struck a chord with you. Uh, a, f a few reasons. Um, the, the idea that somehow you have to wait to experience joy when you retire never has made sense to me. Mm -hmm. The idea that you struggle in a job that you don't like because somehow it's deemed to be safe that you're paying your bills and getting by in the hopes that you hit, you know, age 65 or whatever that number is going to be to retire. Mm -hmm. And then you get to enjoy yourself. Uh, it never really made sense to me. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, uh, my father passed away at a young age and my, my dad was my hero. Mm -hmm. uh, he uh, had a GED. Mm -hmm. He had uh, dropped out of school and got his GED to join the Air Force. Uh, then just worked like a dog his entire life. Uh, and uh, his, his dream was to retire in golf. He had learned how to golf and uh, wound up, uh, you know, the the congenital issue in, in our uh, family tree is bad knees. Mm. So uh, if, if you're in my line of succession, you know your knees are going bad. <laughs> it's just that's the way we're built. And uh, as he was uh, dealing with, with his knee issues, uh, and they, they discovered that he had lung cancer mm. and you know, he fought the fight uh, and wound up dying at age 63, never having had the chance to you know, do the retirement and then go golf. And mm. it was a, a real compelling uh, message to me eventually, you know, first, you know, there's uh, so much anger that, that a, a great man never got the chance to live that dream, mm -hmm. but then recognizing that, that, okay, what, do I, what am I going to do about that? Mm -hmm. And, and making certain that I'm not working in a job that I don't like, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. uh, just in the hopes of someday I get to you know enjoy retirement, but to work in a job that that satisfies my passions, mm-hmm. uh, while at the same time, you know, being creative enough, I hope, uh, to to experience a lot of the things in life that that are joys. Mm-hmm. So um, that that has always been. Uh, I think at the center of, of, of why something like that uh, appeals to me to get people to focus on, you, know, you, you can find joy now by pursuing your passion, mm-hmm. not necessarily pursuing the, the safe job that you know, maybe others expect you to be yeah. performing. Well, that's a lot of what I teach guys in the man school is, you know, unlocking what are those desires of the heart and the dreams that you have and getting about getting after those things, experiencing joy and happiness now in life. Um, and people make a lot of change in order to do that. And it's been exciting to see uh, and be a part of that. And just like you and Joe, you know, are excited about helping other people. I derive a tremendous amount of satisfaction. It's just intrinsically rewarding to see guys step into who they were created to be and to pursue those passions. And, well, I'm and sure that's impact. really rewarding for you. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is very much so. Well, ahead of the show, um, we talked about this reflect acrostic. And then also always like to talk to my guests about a couple key questions. Um, and one is more personal and one's for others. And, and the more personal one is like, you know, you've had all those different life experiences. You've, you know, you grew up in Eastern Pennsylvania, you moved down here, you've been an attorney, you've been a professor, you've been a businessman now. Um, you've been through a lot of change. You're working on growing this business, but I'm imagining you're continuing to work on becoming the best version of Wayne that you can be for others. Yeah. So I'm wondering, what is it right now that you're working on for yourself to reflect more of the life you want? I think it's probably just renewing the focus on on family, time with my wife. I mean, as uh, my my uh, children are both grown, happy, successful adults, uh, mm-hmm. uh, making certain that you know that's a change in life again. It's you know, I don't, empty nesters. Uh, now. I guess that's the word <laughs> we're supposed to use, but. Uh, so it's a matter of refocusing and recommitting there and um, uh, recognizing that, that that's always you know, work, but it needs to be work that's part of your passion in life. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, that's uh, a big thing now. And, we, and Lynn and I both really enjoy traveling. So uh, now that uh, the access to travel seems to be coming back, coming back yeah. we're looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that made me smile earlier is uh, I, w- I was never a professor. I was an adjunct in- instructor, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the only reason I smile and I don't want to make any of my professor friends, I used to have a line where a student would call me professor in class, and I would say, oh, no, no, don't call me professor. I have a real job. <laughs> 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 and so I'm sorry. I, no, no I, that's, I, that's so great I had for a clarifying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you sound like you're focusing with intentionality – on creating joy and happiness for yourself and Linda in life right now and as your daughters have, are going on to their own professions and careers and growing to make sure you're intentional about creating that joy in your life right now. Correct. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. So the second question is to, you know, if you've gained this life wisdom you have, your husband, father, business leader, influencer here in the community, in the 
tech startup development scene, you know, if there's like one piece of wisdom you've gained at this point in life, you could either share with an earlier version yourself or maybe someone you're trying to hire or one of your daughter. What is that like one thing that you'd recommend people work on to reflect more of the life they want? In addition to what we talked about earlier on the concept of, uh, you know, recognizing that you can all, you, you can always control how you react to adversity, mm-hmm. and and turning that into a positive, I think the uh, the other one is to realize that there there really isn't a reason to be afraid of of pursuing your dreams. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be that oh but or oh. You know, I just need a little more of this, or I need a little more time, or a little more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I had a chance to make a major change in my life, uh, the in, in terms of starting my own law firm, uh, I was working with a great bunch of guys and a great attorneys who trained me, who I respected and admired. But our, you know, I just was seeing different visions for what I wanted to do versus where they were going, mm-hmm. and uh, so it wasn't a matter of professional dissatisfaction. It was a matter of I'm not going to be able to do what I want to do under the, unless I take control. Mm-hmm. And having the finally the the nerve to to just say, oh, I got to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things a friend told me uh, after we got started on, on our, our new venture, he said, the only regret you're going to have is that you didn't do it five years before. <laughs> and man, was he right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. recognizing that if you have that dream, it makes every sense to find a, a way to pursue that dream and take mm-hmm. that chance um, because ultimately – You'll find a way of finding excuses and staying miserable or unhappy uh, and more excuses. And at some point, you're going to be wondering, what if? And Mm -hmm. boy, that's a a bad thing to do. Yeah, one of the key conversations I get to have with guys (laughs) for the man school is like this idea, give yourself permission to dream. Yeah. So maybe you had this dream earlier. And for whatever reason, life occurred and you kind of got derailed again. But then you get a different point in life where it's like, you know, I really want to go after that. And then giving yourself permission to take that risk. You know, if you're married, obviously you got to have a conversation with your your bride and, you know, yeah. maybe the children uh, say, hey, we're going to go this direction now. We've been going this direction. Here's why, you know, and get the support to go for it. But that feeling now, the joy and the satisfaction of being able to create your own business and do it in a way that you really want to do it. It's got to be incredibly satisfying. It's been a fun ride, and I don't know that I would change much in the last 13 years since we've been doing this, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if there are just like anything else that's popping up for you right now as we're talking that is uh, that you've learned, that's insightful, that you would maybe possibly want to share with our listeners. Wow. Uh, we've covered an awful an awful lot of uh, territory, and uh, I guess the idea is the only one we really haven't talked about is, is somehow making the time to reflect for yourself really what your dreams are, and, and, and it's easy to sort of have the, the chasing the money dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, our society seems to tie so much to 
well, how much are you making this year versus in last year and mm-hmm. you know, where, how much are you going to make next year? But to, to really be reflective and say, you know, what is it that really would make me happy and, and throw money out the window because uh, money isn't necessarily going mm-hmm. to solve your problems or make you happy. Mm-hmm. But to, to make certain you're intentionally reflecting on, you know, if there were no obstacles, what would I like to be doing? Uh, and uh, start answering that honestly. That's a great and, question to ask. Like yeah. if, if, if money weren't an option, time weren't an option, if I could do whatever it was that I feel called to do, what would I be doing? Yeah. That's probably what we should be doing, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I don't want to be glib and say, you know, money doesn't matter. I mean, we all have bills to pay and we'll have to survive. Yeah. But it shouldn't be the primary motivator necessarily in life um, because it really doesn't necessarily bring all the happiness you think it might. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, find, finding what your true passion is and finding a way to pursue that and living that every day, the, the money does tend to take care of itself. Right. It, it's a little bit uh, a cliche, but but the reality is uh, that that I think is is worth spending the time and investing the time in yourself to make certain you have a decent understanding of that. And that's not something, by the way, that I believe people are going to get on the first try. Mm-hmm. The, the, the learning to reflect and to become self-aware and to uh, turn true self-analysis into what what it is that you really think will make you happy takes time, it takes mm-hmm. practice, and it's almost like a skill. You've got to work it on yeah. a regular basis to, to be good at it. Yeah, I think it truly is a skill. That's one of the, the habits or routines in the man school that we coach guys is having a good morning routine, having a good evening return, and taking some time where you're, you're, you're either quiet, you're reflecting, you're meditating, you're journaling, but really examining where are things right now versus where I want to be and uh, giving yourself, again, that permission to pursue what brings you joy, what brings mm-hmm. you happiness. And uh, for you... Sounds like you know helping other people, solving problems, um, spending time with Linda and the daughters, and just enjoying where you live and enjoying getting to travel. All those yeah. things are very important to you, and I'm imagining you're fairly intentional about making those things come about. Try to be. Yeah. Well, Wayne, if people want to learn more about PS Solutions or connect with you personally, professionally, what are some good ways to get in contact with you guys? Sure. Well, the the webpage first of all is www.psolutions.net. Yeah, and uh, that's the easiest way. I'm I'm certainly on LinkedIn, and I'm on. Uh, I, I tend to focus most of my social media through LinkedIn professionally, yeah. and I try and carve the other stuff out to mm-hmm. uh, probably ignore more than that. <laughs> I do, but uh, yeah, that that's the easiest way either yeah. through through uh, LinkedIn or or the webpage. Excellent. Well, we will make sure to have in the show notes those uh, those links for the PSSolutions.net website and the, your LinkedIn profile, people to connect yeah. with you. And the email is just whippo at PSSolutions.net. So. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come in. and It's you know, been great. Yeah, you and I have just known each other a little while, but I've, I've felt a good, strong connection from the first time we met. Um, I... L- admire the fact that you're stepping into those dreams that you have. You've created a, a business, you and Joe, 
that's exciting. It's in a space that's really interesting for me to watch. I just wish you guys continued success helping both your your employees, your clients solve big problems and just having tremendous joy in doing that, you and your family. Thank you, sir. It's been great. Thank you so much for having me. I just encourage you to go out and reflect the life that you want to live. Absolutely. Will do. All right. Thank you. Thank you.